Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode, and I'm really excited and delighted to have Jared Haslam on the show, and he's got a really interesting journey. He was a very successful executive, and um, he's a rising star, and he's had this um, transition that he's going to talk about, and now he helps individuals unlocking business and personal performance through mental fitness and well-being, uh, something that all the audience needs. Um, you know, a lot of the audience is burned out and looking for inspiration. So I'm happy to welcome Jared to the show. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come on the show with you. I, I really appreciate it. It's it's wonderful to talk about some of these things because I think it's sorely missed in business that we uh, we overlook some of these things. So I'm really happy to be here with you. Yeah. Um, and especially particularly over the last four years, people are searching for meaning and just kind of trying to find their ways. And so start out by talking about your journey. I'm always inspired and sure. how that led to what you're doing today. Sure. So I, I jumped out of business school um, right into the automotive industry. And uh, I I was a feet first in the, in the in the thick of it and and rose fairly quickly. I was fortunate to, to have some opportunities to rise fairly quickly through the ranks and found myself in the, the strategy organization, really the planning organization for, for Nissan and uh, spent some time over in Japan and uh, continued to rise to the organization and enjoyed uh, enjoyed certain aspects of the job and, and then got to a point where um, I, I guess burnout is the right way to say it. You know, I, I, I burned out on it and, and found that I had, uh, I was losing a lot in my personal relationships because of the things that were happening at work. And I, I hadn't really developed the, the skills necessary, you know, equipped myself necessary to handle some of the, the really, really deep challenges that were coming at me and, and, and found myself on the outs of, of that, uh, that career path. So, so I decided to, um, for you know, for the sake of my own my own health, um, but also for the sake of my my family and my relationships, to step away. I, I stepped away from a career that was uh, arguably at sort of its peak and on an upward trajectory, and decided that I needed to do something different. Yeah, it was a, a really tough decision, and and what I found was um, the things that I was experiencing along the way um, that there were very few resources that I could go to that were tuned to what I was experiencing as an executive. Mm -hmm. And um, that could give me the, the real combination of, you know, in business, you're hard charging, you're looking for results, you're solution oriented, let's go, let's go, let's go. I don't have time to look out in the in the rear view. Um, but there's some some stuff that we always bring with us that's affecting how we're, uh, in, that's affecting our job. And, and I just, uh, the resources weren't available. And so I, I left to start a business with my wife, um, and we started a consultancy. She's a therapist, and and so we're combining sort of my business experience and and uh, the the coaching that I've been able to do over the years uh, with her therapy, and we combine that into helping helping executives and helping businesses really tackle the the underlying human part of of business. So, so that's a that's a really condensed version of of my story and and how I, I'm here today. Yeah, that's a beautiful story, and you said something very interesting, which is. Um, you're experiencing certain elements and change in the business and the corporate world and uh, talking about the skills needed to cope. And it's very interesting because um, I'm expanding upon this concept where you these um, emotional coping skills that are necessary, what's missing, like, you know, school teaches us, you know, all the foundation and academics, yeah. you know, we're like even residency, you know, becoming a doctor, yeah. life and death. Talk about that. Yeah. So, um, there's no shortage of training for leadership theory 
it's it's I, I love it. I like to read leadership books and and I like to read be, um, business books. But the training of sort of the underlying emotional stuff, uh, businesses just kind of expect you to have that dialed in. And most of us really don't. We're, we don't come with that sort of wiring to really understand how to manage the inputs, what resilience looks like, especially in you know COVID did a lot for that, right? To really highlight some of those things. Um, and and we talk about we use these words like professionalism, and you know these are things that uh, you have to be professional. And what the underlying tone of all of that means is, look, you can't have any emotions, you can't show any emotions, you can't address emotions, you can't bring any sort of weakness into the into the into the professional realm, and that's just simply unrealistic. And so most people don't have really the skill sets to to understand how to manage the emotional burdens that come along with a really high stress, high, uh, high stakes professional environment. And, and if you can really think about what it is that's, that's happening in business, all of the problems that we face in business, all the challenges, um, there's a, a, a lot of sort of cerebral things that's happening, but underneath all of it, it's really hard. It's really emotional stuff. It's really human stuff. And the training on the human stuff is the stuff that we don't get. And it's the stuff that you can't read in a book. You actually have to get in and practice it. You act you actually have to get in and try different things. You know, we have certain ways of thinking and we have our sort of our neural pathways that are set and, and we have automatic responses. And unless you're taught how to address those things and taught to be aware of those things, then you're going to react a certain way. Then you're going to, you're going to behave in a way that's very consistent and, and professional and so on, you know. And those are all the things that uh, that really fundamentally impact how we show up at work and 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 the problems that we can solve and how we solve them. And so I've just found that all of that sort of underlying emotional training is is completely absent. Uh, it's very tough to do. People just kind of expect you to have it, and most people don't. That's that's that was a challenge that I found. What you're describing is very brings up so many memories from residency and fellowship and just working in the yeah. world, just like managing your triggers and things that just really you know really can set you back if you be, react the wrong way so um so kind of talk about this um this uh idea because you transitioned from this and um you know it's a very courageous decision and you founded this uh kintsugi philosophy in business yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is Kintsugi? We, we spent some time over in, uh, as part of my previous role, I spent some time in Japan and we were introduced to this concept and it's, this is not, this is not anything that I came up with, of course, but um, it's a concept that comes uh, fr from the Japanese society called, it's Kintsugi and it's the art of taking broken pottery and mending it and highlighting the breaks with gold. So the piece that was originally beautiful becomes more beautiful for having been broken and mended than it was before. And so it becomes a beautiful metaphor and philosophy for what we're what we're trying to espouse in our, our business and what um, what we're trying to take into businesses and and with executives is the idea that um, the human frailties that we have, the human weaknesses that we have, are not to be just glossed over, but to be looked at, repaired, fixed, and you become more whole, you become more beautiful, you become stronger for having experienced those things. So we founded, we took that a concept and built uh, our business around that concept. And we have a business called the Kintsugi Institute where we do, uh, it's a private practice from the therapy side, but we take those principles into business and it's a consultancy helping businesses manage the mental fitness side of their, their organization. Um, you know, that's really fascinating with this Kintsugi. Talk about this, um, you know, how it translates into corporate mental health yeah. awareness. And yeah, you bet. Why do you believe that, you know, this whole area of 
fitness, emotional, mental fitness has traditionally been overlooked and what shifts are you starting to see and how are you? Yeah, a lot, there's a lot there. Um, if you look at generationally, um, first off, there's, there's a, been a lot of studies generationally at, at how the different generations look at, um, look at mental health, they look at therapy, look at that kind of stuff. And there's a massive swing in the upcoming generation, starting with Gen Y, but also with Gen Z that are, are much more attuned to the concept of, of mental health. Um, and in business, we don't have the language for it. In fact, in our society, we don't have language for it. So I, I did some work trying to, trying to sort of conceptualize some of these things. If you think of physical health and you think of the spectrum of physical health, uh, on one end, you clearly know you're a doctor. You're, you've got people in the hospital who are hurting, right? So you, we clearly understand the pain side of, of physical health. On the completely opposite side, you have physical fitness and you've got the marathon runners. You've got really, really wide spectrum of health. And you've got in the dictionary words that can describe that whole spectrum. Well, that same spectrum exists on the mental health side. You've got the the really bad mental health conditions, the stuff that keeps you in bed all day, the stuff even worse that hospitalizes you. There's no language for the positive side of mental health. There's no language for it. So we've, we're unable to even really speak about it. And as a result of that, we look at not only physical fitness is sort of a cost avoidance thing. Like if we can get you back to work and not paying so much on insurance, it's going to be good for our business, right? So let's get you back to work. Oh, and it also reduces our absenteeism. Like we look at it in terms of dollars and cents. Same thing with mental health. We look at it, oh, we've got to get them back and productive. But what we don't do is say, what would it do for our business and our people if we were to work on the mental fitness side of it, the positive side of mental health, teaching people how to interact appropriately <laughs> teaching people how to how to manage their emotions teaching teaching people how to handle uh bad decisions or or stuff that doesn't go your way in a way that doesn't derail your career like <laughs> like if you could teach all of those things what would happen to your business like your business would would be way more productive and would, would thrive as your people not only that but your people would be way happier which reduces all the other things so it's that idea that if we can if we can avoid looking at sort of this mental health side as just something that we just have to do or a kind of a cost avoidance thing, or yeah, the younger generation's talking about this stuff, and instead embrace the, some some language around mental fitness. It's, fitness means it's work that you have to try to work at it. It's not just people show up with it all of a sudden they're amazing with emotional intelligence. No, it's practical application of emotional intelligence. If we could help people do that, our businesses would be amazing. And so that that's it's people are starting to catch on to it they're starting to get it you're starting to hear language around it but you you're seeing companies they'll take aspects like for example they'll they'll get an eap program and say okay we're doing eap but those are really underutilized because the stigmas are still there and this and and a lot of times the the providers of eaps don't have the proper context for executives and professionals to really help them so that's kind of why all of that was swirling as we started this business to recognize that there is a really powerful element of tackling the mental fitness side of the business that could not only help everybody, but help businesses thrive. And if you can connect those dots and start to see, oh yeah, it makes good business sense. And oh, by the way, it's really good for our people. Then you get sort of this win-win uh, that can be really powerful for, for people and for businesses. Yeah. And what you're describing to me is, um, it reminds me of this, um, show uh, the billions with and so you know we talk about this area where kind of bringing people up to par saving people but talk about how this i love this idea of mental fitness for optimal performance you know if you're yeah. 
um, so that you're performing optimally. Like it's not you're not trying to save or heal people, but you're actually trying to improve the culture and performance. So talk about those techniques and strategies. Some things that we talk about that are that are really valuable. Now imagine that you're coming into a huge business decision, and and all decisions tend to be really really emotional. <laughs> and if you could, if you can come into a decision, and first of all, be aware of the emotions that are happening. Just that awareness is like the first step. Like, okay, I'm feeling this. I'm understanding this. Where's this coming from? And if you can turn on that, that, that awareness. And interestingly enough, we don't, we don't talk about it. We talk about it's all up in your mind. You feel things throughout your whole body. And, and that mind, body, heart connection, like I used to think, you know, I used to think that that was sort of like not too real, but, but as I've, as I've really delved into it and, and taken my own journey, recognizing that when I'm feeling stress, you feel it in your body, right? Same thing with emotions. So if you're taking a huge business decision, it's all emotional. So if you can understand that it's all emotional and you can start to become aware of the emotions, then you can manage them and making big decisions in business. A lot of times it's about managing all the different factors at play. So imagine you can come into a decision and you're cool-headed in your level because you've tackled all of the emotions that are coming to the surface. So, so we like to bring in the concept of discomfort and disappointment or data. So if you tackle discomfort that you're feeling like, oh, I don't, something doesn't feel right. Well, we get to an emotional place and you know, we get this amygdala hijack, right? Or it's all the emotions come flooding in. Well, if I can step back and say, okay, I'm observing this and I treat it as data, then I can make start to make a really rational decision. I take the thinking into a different part of my brain and I can get out of those sort of emotional pathways that we want to carry through. <laughs> so imagine that comes that comes into the boardroom and you as an executive are 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 there trying to make a decision. And I've got this person over here that's pushing all of my hot buttons and saying that saying, you know, things that I know are not correct or or very politically charged. And then I have this person over here that's quiet. Or and this person behind me that's got their own agenda. Well, as you can start to manage the emotions, you begin to be aware of all of these things and you can start to make much better decisions. You can start to make much stronger connections with your executive teams because you're starting to see and recognize. And those aren't things that you, you teach, right? Those are things <laughs> that you have to go through and experience. And, and, and that's super powerful. I mean, that's the underlying, the underlying foundation for, for the solid stuff. So that's that's the idea of bringing mental fitness into to your executives and i love what you brought up about billions we would love and we have part of our services to provide therapeutic services for executive teams like where you can sit and talk with somebody who's going to be much uh much more unbiased about what's happening yeah yeah i love that and um this uh, this has to be one of the best podcasts on mental health because um you know what you're talking about is um if uh, companies could incorporate this into their culture, you know, we'd have so much better companies. Um, so, you know, kind of to round it out, I, I really enjoyed this. What are some practical tools leaders can use today to help yeah. their teams have greater mental fitness? And, yeah. and how does your company help with that? Yeah. So um, there's, there's a lot of things that you can do. The, the first, the first thing, um, a recent study that, uh, that, I, that I was really fascinated by said that workers said that seven out, seven out of 10 workers said that their managers had the greatest impact on their mental health, like equivalent to their spouse. Oh, okay. Well, you could go and pick apart that kind of study, whatever. It doesn't matter. But the point is that your managers, your frontline managers are going to have a huge impact on mental health. So focus on them. So train your managers, put them through a program. This is some of the things that we do in our company, but there's others out there that do it. Put them through the program that helps them connect 
to the emotional side of management mm -hmm. that teaches them that teaches them the role of empathy the role of psychological safety which is a bit of a buzzword nowadays there's a lot there but teaches them some of those things that they can do that will help their employees be able to show up to work authentically and engaged if you can do that just just that that alone is going to help shift the culture that's the first thing and the second thing is put on the oxygen mask first you know when you get on an airplane that, and they all tell the video put your own oxygen mask first and then help those around you right so if you're not espousing the value of mental health personally in your own personal life it's really hard to get up in front of your team and say hey you need to pay attention to this or we're going to train all of our managers never mind that i'm the biggest problem in the room and everyone hates working with me or you have to put the oxygen mask on first and learn the principles that are going to allow you to show up as a whole person with emotional grounding emotional intelligence and mental fitness like those two things focus on your focus on your managers get them well indoctrinated maybe wrong word <laughs> wrong word to use and then put the oxygen mask on yourself. Those two things will have a massive impact in your organization. I love that. How can people find out more about you and uh, work with you and reach out to you? Um, so I'm on LinkedIn and uh, you can always reach out on LinkedIn. That's that's the, the place where I've uh, I've really staked uh, a lot of my uh, a lot of my work. And then we're at uh, Kintsugi.institute. It's um, it's just a little bit harder to, uh, like I can recognize. That's probably not the easiest thing to spell, but um, Kintsugi.institute is where our, our website is. And you can reach there, or look at there and, and reach out to us that way. Um, it, that's probably the best way to get, to get a hold of me. But uh, anytime you want to connect on LinkedIn, I'm happy to make new connections and, and chat through some of these things. I'm quite passionate about this as, as okay. something that, that can really impact lives. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to reaching, uh, to talking with anybody yeah. about this topic about mental fitness and performance and it can apply to any organization sports yes. team anything yeah it's it's powerful it not only the the benefit we're starting to see which is what you'd, you'd normally expect is of course business performance goes up of course you know but it impacts your personal life in such strong ways because you're learning the techniques of interpersonal relationships <laughs> in a powerful way so it helps all around and that's yeah. why we love it yeah follow jared on social media give him a like and follow Check out his website, check out his work, reach out to him. And with that, thanks so much for a very inspiring podcast. Chris, it's great to be here. I appreciate the time with you. Thank you.